everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Hey, I just had a needle stuck in my foot. Ouch. I know that sounds really bad. I I went to the dentist today too. You did? Yeah, I got two fillings. Ooh. So it's today like doctor day? Yeah, today. uh, Juan, what did you have fixed? Nothing. Okay. I am so, already perfect. Well, he's a lawyer, I so need he wants in law school. Yeah. Again, nothing he says today uh, should be construed in any way, shape, or form as legal advice. Correct. Here's the deal. Today we are talking about living your life and, uh, you know, just about getting stuff done and figuring out how to live so as not to die. And I, I'm running in. This was the, in fact, let me read the text. Because this text I sent I to Sean, to I thought I was – I went to my foot doctor and he was really great. He really – it's the first time I'd ever met him. Yeah. So he's he's my new foot doctor, let's just say mm. that. And he, but he really was very thorough, which I was excited for because he was explaining what is going on with my foot, why I have this plantar fasciitis problem, la-di-da. Then he's like, okay, so one of the treatments is usually we give you a shot. If you want to do that, we can, sh- we can inject some stuff into this, this tendon. And, and, and I'm like, well, how long will that take? Because this was 25 minutes ago. <laughs> and he's like, why? Are you in a hurry? And I'm like, yeah, I've got a show at 3 o'clock. <laughs> And he said, "Right, you're on the radio." Sure. I know. I, mean, I, I had to drop that. I mean, I just have a radio show. It's just a little thing. Wait, what's what's your Matt name again? Townsend oh show. yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's like, "Are you Dr. Matt Townsend?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm do- the Dr. Matt Townsend." And then he's like, um, "So does Mike Pond really date that many girls?" Yes. And Wait, no, he didn't. He has nothing that. to say. No. Okay. And he's like, "Oh, do you know Maddie Richards?" And I'm like, "No, I don't." And um, then he just decided to inject. We decided to inject my foot. But I'm thinking as he's sticking a needle in my heel, into my tendon, I'm thinking I ought to call Sean and tell Sean I might be running a little late. No pun intended. You won't be running. And so I, I, actually, I did clarify hobbling that. a little bit late. This was my text, by the way, that nobody received. Hey, I'm getting an injection in my foot, so I'll be running in at the last minute or limping in at the last minute. You made it. I made it. Mm, yeah. It was the last minute, and I wasn't even Ouch. limping. Anyway, but so here's the deal. Since I turned 45, um, things are falling apart. My body is starting to fall apart. It's hard to have a good attitude. I'm getting older. I have to like, I have to like kick my leg up in order to get momentum in my body and leverage to get myself out of a chair. Mm. And now... I have to get shots in my feet. I don't want, man, I'm 26. Is this coming, or 25? Is this coming up to me pretty soon, Matt? It starts when you're about 26. You're about 20, 26 so we've only got, this year I'm in trouble. We've only got 20 good years left. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Dang. 19 for some of you. Gosh. No, but I don't, I'm not trying to just sit here like we're old, blah, blah, old. But right. I'm just saying life gets hard, you know? And then yeah. you die. Right. That's there's got to be more to life. So how do we enjoy it more? I well, guess. that's the that's the point of the today show is living right. life. You want to live life and you want to grab life by the throat and you want to shake it. 
Huh? That's what you want out of life. So that's today's show. We're going to teach you how to grab your life by the throat and shake it. Who better to do that than a good friend of ours? Amanda Dixon is going to be joining us. She's an author of the book, Wake Up to a Happier Life. She's a a radio personality. She's the real deal. She's done it all. She's done it all. And she's going to just show us kind of some of the the great keys to, to waking up to a happier life. Plus, throughout the show, you know, guess who else? Meg Conley's in the house. Oh, nice. Meg's here. Nobody lives life better than Meg. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk. Maddie's got some stuff for us. It's just a great show all around. So, again, a little injection in the heels not going to keep me down. I know. I'm impressed. What actually kept me down was I texted, like, people and nobody answered. So I was sad. We waited for your texts. Uh, Sean got one, but we were That's looking right. at our phones. We were crying. I don't have everyone's texts, by the way. I know. You got your numbers. One. No, I, I was just looking for a good lawyer. That's oh. why I was texting you. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, so here's the deal, Aaron. You, my friend, you've got uh, you've been working on attitude, right? And so, what our attitude says about us. I've been working on attitudes myself, and not that you have an attitude. Well, sometimes you know it just depends. And I, this is perfect because you had your foot worked on. Yeah. How are you managing your attitude on the way here? And even now, <laughs> you, do you feel kind of? You're probably a little bit. You know, I'd rather be laying down, or no? You know, it's just it was just a needle. You know, just you a never, needle. Who hasn't big. stepped on a needle? No, it's normal. Mm. Have you all stepped on a needle? Sean has. I've had like three or four ingrown toenails removed. So if Ooh, I've had the needles yummy. in the toes. Ooh, Ouch. Ouch. Let's not go there. That just changed my attitude. <laughs> I had plantar warts too one time, and those hurt. Yeah. to walk on. Yeah, so yeah, I know yeah. how you feel. You know, but. So I it didn't bother me. My my drive here, the only thing I was, it's just it, my foot's just sore, like it's always sore. But it's not a big deal. But I mean, again, I can take it. Now for the less, it's not Vietnam, <laughs> right? I didn't get killed. No one got shot. It feels like right. you're being actually, stabbed. I did get a shot. Um, yeah. But here's the deal with attitude. I feel like I have a pretty good resilient attitude. You know, I can okay. get over stuff. Can you get okay. over stuff? Um, yeah. And that's the thing too, is I feel like asking what ifs, you know, are kind of fun and to think about what you do in a scenario and this happened to you today, but you know, remember when it was your birthday, was it May 8th? Yeah, I think? it was May 8th. And they brought you a cake yes, in here. That was so okay. Fun. What if Don, when he walked in and like dropped it on you or on the floor, <laughs> that would have been, funny. you would have been <laughs> devastated. Well, and certain would, people would have freaked out. Yeah. That would have, it would have been all <laughs> because he Mark violated would have the no screaming food in the studio room. And it, exactly. went, and it was the big dog. Yep. So if oh. the big dog violates it and then dumps it all over the floor, that's just <laughs> funny. <laughs> okay. That would have been so, hilarious. So, yeah, you laugh you laugh it off, but you would have been like, oh, my cake's ruined. And yeah. maybe, Juan, when you're in court, if you were to lose a case, you know, when you're a lawyer, how are you going to handle that situation? You ever thought about that? I think taking hypotheticals is kind of interesting. I do, too. It's sometimes... Uh, should, what would should you we, do? Should we make up some more hypotheticals? Yeah, well, I have, I have some. Do you want to go yeah, first? Let's, yeah, yeah. What if Mike's back there. He really loves his car. If someone wants to do a hit and run on it, you know, and he's trying to chase them down and they get escape, what, what are you going to do, Mike? You going to brush it off or? No, javelin. Grab a javelin. javelin. I keep a javelin in the back of my Grenade. Tr- truck just for this type of situation. On a ski rack. Okay. Grenades are illegal. Dra- javelins no, no, no. are legal, right? Yeah. You can, you lawyer, can keep, right? I, you can keep a javelin. I am not a lawyer. Anyway. I cannot give legal advice. Oh, come on. That's right. right. Hypothetical lawyer. Uh, I'll be the hypothetical lawyer. Right. You can keep a javelin as long as it's okay. not sharpened. It's called a stick. A stick. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can, ah, have you can knock them out. A metal stick. You can have a metal stick. A metal stick. A spear. Yeah. No, don't call it a spear. That's it's a javelin. Blunted. That would be a weapon. Okay. See, but that's a great. That's a great point. He just gave us a great. So okay. he. What would you do, Mike? I can't. I'm not at liberty to discuss without 
my legal counsel. But he's not a legal counsel. Why do you keep looking at me? I'm your legal I, I, counsel. I can't do that. Juan has no legal is, strength, no I, legal I don't power. know if this is appropriate to talk about on the radio. It's not. Okay, here, I'll throw something else Amanda in Amanda Dixon, by the way, is an attorney, so we'll ask, oh, okay. we'll we'll ask we'll Amanda ask when she comes in. Well, we have Sean right here. He's going to the movies this week. If someone had to can- – if you canceled your movie plans because of some other reason, how would you – you'd be kind of angry, right? Your attitude wouldn't be the best. I've had that happen. Yeah? It's not fun. Does it ruin your week? Your well, when they're when they do a radio show for an hour before a screening, it's really not fun. Oh man! Okay, mm, that sounds horrible. And so these are little things that I was thinking about. You know? I want one. I want one. You want one? You, you go, Matt. Go. Give me one. No, you give. Oh, me you one. give you one? Yeah, make one up. Come uh, on. For you? Okay. Let's say that you're. Uh, I I got one. Okay. You go get your. You go get a needle put in your foot. No way. And they put that it in the wrong happen. foot. Oh, in the wrong foot. <laughs> it's malpractice. They put it in. They put it in my left foot, and I was in, I was there for my right foot. And so they just say sorry, and they stick you in the other one. Yeah, and then Is they charge okay? me twice as much. Oh, no, no, they give it to you free, right? That's and then not, you're happy. No. That's bad. But then oh. that's where you ask Amanda Dixon because okay. she's aware. Okay, she'll know. Is Maddie trying to say something? I, I have a good scenario for you, Matt. Okay, hey, Maddie. What happens when they tell you that your show is taken away from you, and it's now the Maddie Townsend show? Oh, man. Maddie Richards show. Well, because you're not yeah. Maddie Townsend yet. Well, so we have to co- slowly phase. This in. is a good. If you load. want to marry my son, <laughs> you could be Maddie Townsend, but he won't be home from his mission for another year. Oh well, I, <laughs> I'm bad. just saying what what happens when they they take your show away and give it to me? I smell a lawsuit. Well, I think when they give my show to you, uh, I, I think start a rebellion. Well, I think we're nearing <laughs> the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm just throwing that out there. I just think it's over. Come on, have a better attitude than that. <laughs> and so all I would do is go stretch my plantar fasciitis, my flat, my plantar <laughs> fascia, and just listen to your show every day because I know oh. it would be incredibly engaging. You could call in though and give some tips. Oh, I would on the call show. in. You would call, yeah. I would call <laughs> in. I would so call in. Um, so the deal is though, it doesn't matter what happens to you, right? You got to choose. You've got to deal with it. That's actually exactly – I was reading a blog, and we know how reliable blogs are yeah, sometimes. they're but super reliable. Keith Harrell, one of his blogs about success, he said exactly what you said. We have a choice. Um, we can choose self-encouragement or self-defeat. Mm. Um, but it's also not exactly what happens to us, but how we respond to things. And we always hear that, you know, and someone will say something to you, and you can choose to be happy or you can choose to be angry. Is that true, Matt, in yes. your experience? It is. Yeah. Well, but I mean, sometimes you, your body doesn't. Your body says, "No, kill him." Oh, your body just goes off and says, "Crush yeah. him." But then you have to actually use your mind. That thing that we all have, you can use your thoughts to start to change your own chemistry and your own feelings. And you can sit there and say, "Okay, so what if I do what I really want to do here? If I go do this, I'm going to lose this, 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 and this." And that's the benefit of having a brain that we use. Then we can get hmm. creative and use our vision, and it'll eventually change But what about those of us who don't have as big of a brain or, or struggle with well, intellectual... No, but even then, it's just a vision, right? Yeah. Think of that. Just like the, just some kid that just thought, hey, you know what we need? We need this one thing. We, people need hamburgers at really inexpensive prices. Boom. Ronald McDouble. There you go. And all of a sudden, Boom. McDonald's is born. Okay. I like that. I think I'm pretty sure Ronald McDonald invented the hamburger. Of course, it'd be did. Ray Kroc who what? invented McDonald's. That sounds That's like news Kroc. to me. Uh, <laughs> it was it was Ray Kroc, and um, I think Ronald McDonald invented some other guy's hamburger. <laughs> Ray Kroc was just the marketer that just made all the money. Yes. 
See, that's the power. So again, every human being has a chance. Every human being has a life. I, it's an allotment, right? We've all been given certain things. Some have been given uh, a bad foot. Some have been given just less hair. Some have been given. Sean raises his hand. I wasn't. See, now, he, now he's angry. Always his attitude. It wasn't his attitude. I wasn't even me. looking at you. I was looking out the window. And yeah. some and right. and some are like Maddie. Wonderful, incredibly intelligent girls that want to take over my show. Everyone's been given a lot in life. Now you just got to live with the lot you've been given. Hmm. That's it. Nice. Now here's the deal. Amanda Dixon, she's in the house. She'll be in here in a minute. The author of the book, Wake Up to a Happier Life. She's going to teach us how to be happier and at least how to wake up. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Amanda Dixon is in the house. <laughs> Amanda, you gotta if if you have not any because this is nationwide, Amanda. Oh wow! So this is all over the country, all over. In fact, we have fans listening in Norway. Oh, we have wow. all over the world. That's magnificent. That's the benefit of satellite radio. Hello, 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 hello. We've got Amanda Dixon in the house now. Amanda, if you don't know Amanda, she's the mother of two. Stepmother of three. Mm-hmm. She refers to her children as her bigs and her littles. Yes. We do that too, actually. Do you? That's so cute. But my big, you're, that's not by their weight. No, no, by Okay, because that would be rude. <laughs> that would be rude. Uh, we just go by I'm head size. I'm the biggest size. in the house as the far as The big head and the little yes. head. Um, Amanda has been a part of KSL. Now, KSL is the Intermountain West probably preeminent radio station. Thank you. Don't you think? I think that's accurate. And you, 25 years. 25 years. Yes, sir. With By the way, on air with Grant Nielsen in the morning for 20 years. But yes. the thing about you, you're not just, you've done it all. You know, I am. You've done it I, all. I'm a Renaissance woman, I like to think of myself. Bachelor's in English, Juris Doctorate at the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. She has been a lawyer, unlike our board op, Juan Mijares, who just is in training. Oh, are you a law I student? I just finished my 1L year. Oh, fantastic. You must be exhausted. Oh, you he, can't imagine. You, That's why I'm here in the afternoon, not early morning. I would have brought you an ice cream if I had known. You know, oh, it's funny, okay. Amanda. I'll take you up on that. Anything he says cannot be used as legal advice. Right, and me neither. Because <laughs> I got a question for you. <laughs> Darn it. How come lawyers never want to give legal advice? Yes. What's the deal with that? But you, you've been a lawyer. Have you really been? Were you a WNBA announcer? I, I did was. not know that. That's cool. That's really Starting cool. Starting at wearing number. <laughs> wearing in it. Weighing in at 200 pounds. Oh, that would be a big WNBA player. Uh, waitress, restaurant manager, college professor, yes. nightclub disc jockey, pizza maker. Yeah. Author of three books. Author of three books. Working on a fourth. Are you really? Yes. Slow down. My husband and I are working on a book together. Which what, what's it called? Oh, well, the working title. Yeah. Is the first ghost, but Ooh. that's a terrible working title. Uh, the it, first ghost. It's a. It's a. I'm writing this down. The book premise is is fantastic. It's it's completely my husband's idea. He is the idea person. I am the workhorse. Are you are you a, are you the writer? Do I you am like the to writer. Write? I like to write. Well, you're, that means you're good with words because you're incredibly you're incredibly proficient in radio. Oh, you are you. the best. You're iconically the best. Female, at least, for sure, personality in Utah. Well, you, you, you make me feel very, it's very true. welcome and good about myself, Matt, well, which is why I'm here. That's why you're here. <laughs> to make you, but you're here to help us figure out our lives. Well, I'm glad if I can be of help. Is it true you just celebrated a um, 
half a century. I did, which life. I thought would be I thought would be unsettling. Was it or was it? Well, you know, especially I, th- I guess because everyone always says, particularly for a woman, that to turn fifty is something you should worry about, be nervous about, dread. <laughs> and so I I thought about it a lot. Yeah. coming up on the date. And started getting it in my mind in advance. I began to tell people that I was fifty months before I before I actually Did you turned, really? sort of trying it on. Why? No, a lot of ladies would try the opposite. Yeah, um, they just keep saying forty five. And I found that that the actual turning of felt easy. Yeah. And now I I look at the children and I realize that my date is so not important. The important thing is they, their dates. Interesting. Their dates. Their dates are, let's see, last day of school is important. Their birth dates, last date that they took a bath. (laughs) (laughs) That's a huge date. Dates that they they smiled. Yeah. Last time we had a one-on-one because I'm so busy all the time. Yeah. I just think that the the number 50 is not as important as the last time they can remember me putting my phone down and spending time with me. So to heck with the 50. That's right. I want to forget about that. My best friend and I have a pact that we're not going to do the Botox thing and the facelift Aren't thing you? and all that stuff. Oh, we made I am each other so swear. Doing it. Really? Really? I'm going to do it. I might even do it tomorrow. I'm afraid that if we do it, we won't stop. Because That's true. Where do you stop? Where do you stop? It's like dyeing your hair for no, a guy. Okay. Well, but if, once a guy starts dyeing his hair. Don't make me stop dyeing the hair, though. Well, yeah, That's but ladies, the one thing I'm going to do. do. But guys, once you start, there's like there's no graceful way to get pull out of that. Right. I guess not. You know what I mean? But don't make me stop dyeing my hair. No, That's no. the one thing well, I'm going to do. Well, yours looks great. But the, the, the other thing, and I have no judgment in me about that except for that I don't know where to stop. No, where would you stop? You'd have to – once you – because then, hey, if we can lift this and tuck that, why wouldn't we – And maybe someday I will want to do that too. No. But I, we do have a pact with each other that we're just not going to do it. Well, but instead just focus on – you and what you've got to offer. Well, you're saying focus on your ch- your children, their dates, their yeah. life. Be and, present. And I spend the money that I would spend on that on college education, which is quite expensive. Well, and you're apparently you've got now you've got two children with special needs. Yes. Are they the are they the littles or the bigs? One little, the littlest one and the biggest one. Are they so the bookends? My, my oldest daughter has Down syndrome. Okay. And my youngest son has what's called Noonan syndrome, which was something I had no Noonan. familiarity with before he was born. I'd never heard of it. It is a it is an interesting genetic disorder in that it, it comes on a wide spectrum, much like autism oh. or something, uh, or lots of other disorders, I guess. Um, the first thing they found was a heart condition. Oh, boy. Which all uh, kids with Noonan's have the heart condition. But his is, he's doing quite well. We check the heart every six months, oh, and he's man. doing quite well. His, How old is he? He is seven now. Cute. And some Noonan's kids don't live to be that old, and some live complete and full lives. So we just continue to check. Check him and see. There are physical um, things that come along with Noonan's. He will always be short. Really? Um, and his learning will be um, probably stunted as well by the Noonan's. But we just keep drilling those. those you you know, just keep working We with just him. keep – like you do every well, child. Well, yeah. And Is there any guarantee no, with any child? No, no, no. So – that's beautiful. That's all I know how to but do. But does that keep you – because, again, one of your books is called Wake Up to a Happier Life. Another one is Change It Up. Mm-hmm. I think your third book, you ought to just call Change Up, Waking Up to a Happier Life. <laughs> right. I wrote those books so many years ago. Is it hard to even remember I those? I don't remember. But you also wrote a novel. Oh, now that, that – And then this new one, it sounds like, a, is a novel. a novel. You're turning to, into a novelist. Well, the first, the first book I ever wrote was the novel. 
Um, and that was actually based on a case I had when I was a lawyer. Really? Which was a case I just couldn't get out of my mind, Matt. Listen up, Juan. Because one might get was, a case. One might have a case someday. Well, you know, some cases you have that you just that stick with you, and you pour so many more hours what? into them than you can charge. So you never. I mean, you just mm-hmm. you pour your life into these cases, and as time went by, it just ate at me and ate at me and ate yeah. at me. And years later, after I left the practice, I wrote the gentle. A Gentle Thief, which is the novel about based on that case. It sounds like the thief was a gentle person. Yes and no. It's it's set in uh, Cedar City, uh, A Gentle Thief being a line out of a Shakespeare sonnet. And it it, it was based on a case of a woman who was found dead in her home. Uh, The real case taking place in Moab, but I moved it to Cedar City because I want the the Shakespeare connotation. Um, She was found dead in her home with a gunshot wound to the right temple holding a gun. And so everyone assumed, including the police, that she shot herself, except for that the... Uh, ballistics tests came back. No, it didn't line up. Right, didn't line up. And so uh, there, her parents spent years and th- untold thousands trying to prove that it wasn't a suicide, that she had had a tumultuous relationship with the boyfriend and that perhaps there was something there and a number of other things, and they just could not let it go. And so we went all over the country having other um, medical examiners look at the case, trying to have someone say this was something other than a suicide. So I take that as the framework and then fictionalize that in A Gentle Thief. Wow. What? When do you do this? That I did years ago. Well, I know, but you've written two other books, another book on the way, and you get up every morning at 2.30? Yeah, dude, that's, that's the only part of my job I don't, I don't care for that Because you're, you're on the air at what, 5? <laughs> what time are you on the air, 5? I, I get there at 4. Yeah, we go on at 5. Holy cow. I'm a little bit nuts, but you knew that, Matt. I did know that. You've but, known me but for I didn't a while. know you. I didn't. That's incredible. Does that help? Does the writing, is it a catharsis? Does it get yes. it out of you? Yes, I'm not. I don't claim to be a good writer. Well, but no, but you're good enough to get it published. <laughs> I uh, I enjoy writing. Yeah, it, it, because you can be a little bit yeah. nuts when you write. Oh, absolutely. And write, writers listening now probably they know what I'm that. talking about like, because mm-hmm. you can put yourself into the book I'm writing now uh, is based uh, is set in the White House. And, of course, I have no business writing about anything that has to do with the White House yeah. because what do I know? Nothing Whoa. except for that I, I'm, I'm a history buff sure. and, and I'm a news junkie. Yeah. And so – and uh, and I've interviewed people. So you, you get to put yourself there yeah. and just play. You sit down at the computer can you, you just, you and can you make just it up. play. Just make it up. Man, okay, Amanda, keep hang, hang that onto that thought. Okay. We're going to come back. Uh, we're talking again with Amanda Dixon, author of a billion books. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of which are just made up. Uh, <laughs> That's nothing true. real to them. But, but a wonderful, I think, example of your life, Amanda, and I want to get into it deeply, is you, you make it through. You, you also, you're a Renaissance woman. You're not just yeah. going to stop and get your, you're not just going to be a waitress the rest of your life. Then Although you, you tried, I wouldn't mind that. No, but you, yeah, and you'd probably write a book about it if mm-hmm. I'm a betting man. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you ended up becoming and changing and evolving and changing, which is, to me, the key to making it through life is evolving through the process. Yes, 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 yes. We're picking Amanda's brain. Amanda Dixon, more with Amanda right after this. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here, joined by the great Amanda Dixon, the incomparable, (laughs) the queen of early morning radio, waking up to Amanda. Now, Amanda Dixon, again, some of you may not get to hear her if you're not in the Intermountain area in Salt Lake City. She is with KSL uh, News Radio every morning at 5 o'clock. She hits the airwaves. Is that right? That's right. And uh, she runs the show. Let's just be real. I mean, I know Grant tries to help you. We but are equal partners. Half the time, it seems like you're trying to keep Grant awake. That's not true. That's not true at all. You guys are such a good team, honestly. And but you, here's what I love about you, Renaissance woman. By the way, mother. You became a mother later in life. I did my first baby at forty. <gasps> did you really? Yeah. Did you not get the memo about? children and later in life i i did and in fact i did and not it, think i was going to be having kids at all didn't you i really what didn't a blessing think. so then you still right. sneak them in and then here comes this first baby at 40 and i thought that's beautiful and then i knew god had a sense of humor <laughs> like, i really got it <laughs> and then i thought for sure that would oh, be my own so beautiful blessing. yeah and then you got another one and then i got another and one. this was the birth of the littles the birth of the littles. And then the bigs are your husband's three. Are my three. husband's three, right. Who I felt very blessed to get to be involved in yeah. their upbringing and to love them, just to love them. And I thought these would be my, my not my children, certainly. I, I would never replace their mother, but mm. th- these would be the children I got to contribute yeah. to. And I never expected to have my own. But when Ethan came and then Aiden came, it was, and still I look at them. I just look at them like they are pure Stardust. Well, you told me they they tuck you into bed. Basically, they They're, they, they get you to bed at eight o'clock because if not, you you have to wake up at two thirty. Yes, they do. They especially Aiden, the littlest one. He will say, "Mama, you go to bed now, and you stay in bed. Don't get out of bed." Which is <laughs> what I used to really? say to him when he was little. Do not get out. Do of bed. not get out of bed. <laughs> How cute is that? He is. A so precious. they changed. They they changed you. Oh, in maybe you should have another possible, one at fifty. No, that's hysterical. Uh, that's hysterical. And if my husband's listening, there is no, I did not talk about to Matt about this during the commercial break. Uh, uh, we didn't have any. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no. How cool uh, would that they be? They did though? change me in every possible way, Matt. Isn't that amazing? I really thought I knew what happiness was yeah. before the babies came. Yeah. Because I have always been, I think, a happy person. You are a happy person. In my and you nature. See, and you see life. I love to laugh. Uh-huh. I laugh easily and often yeah. and loudly yeah. and annoyingly, some people would say. <laughs> but it's, it doesn't matter. It is who And I it am. makes us laugh. Thank you. I hope so. It really does. But when the babies came, who are now not babies anymore, no. but will always be my babies, yeah. there is something, there is a, a joy in their snuggling mm-hmm. me. When they want to come up in here, up in the shoulder yeah. region, that I can't compare no. to any other joy. A woman asked me the other day, she was saying, I don't see the payoff in having children, really. I don't see it. <laughs> she said, you know, you really are basically their slave. And, and, oh. and what, what do they give you back? Now, there was a little bit of... She was trying to be funny a little, yeah. but mostly an edge of the reality. question was mostly yeah. fa- factual, though. Yeah. She wanted to see the payoff. And I said, the payoff truly is in the giving to them. I, there is no yeah. – if you're, if you're asking me for a quid pro quo, there is no quo for the quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's quid uh, There's not going to be a, a quid. Yeah. But the, the payoff is in yeah. the giving that I get that's true. to give to them. But see, which is interesting because if that's – I believe that's a universal principle. So yes. there is a payoff in the giving mm-hmm. 
which so there there is, like love is not always reciprocal. Right. And in fact, sometimes the times you're growing the most in love are when it's the least reciprocal. Like when yes. when someone's ailing and you can only that you can only take care of them and they can't give you anything but someone to take care of, it seems like when you fall most in love with that person. Right. So if that's the case, then Aiden your baby mm-hmm. that needs more time and attention maybe is just a blessing for more opportunity mm-hmm. to serve. Yes. And Laurel, my daughter with Down syndrome yeah. too, so easy to love and such a bonding agent for our family. Oh, I love that. Um, you know, I think that, in fact, I think when we look for the quid pro quo in relationships is when we are in big trouble. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, you're already shopping like alternatives. Like you you're, have you're... not given me back. Uh-huh. I get When you start keeping score in any manner yeah. with the husband or with the children, I have done this for you. I paid yeah. for all that yeah. education. You see those shoes? Right. <laughs> I brought yeah. you into this That's world. Right. I can take you, feel, you out. I know my, my parents right. said that. Yeah. And I have longed to say that to the kids, and I may say it in Everyone jest. Everyone drops it out there, yeah. But you're right about the service, Matt. I think when I think about the times in my life that were the most painful, the most bring me to my knees, not sure I'm going to make it through painful, mm-hmm. the thing that got me through was always service. That's, that's to me, that's it. Universal. That's love. Even, love in action, service. Right. If I didn't know, if I couldn't find my way, especially when I felt wrong, yeah. if I felt betrayed in some way or wronged, yeah. if you're there waiting for the apology that never comes, you're just – you're in trouble. That's right. But if I could forget everything and just start asking, how can I serve? Who may I serve? That's great. How, then the light starts to come. But and, that's it. So that's a – there is a sign. There's a, a helpful – tool to get out of the unhappy mode is get out of yourself and serve someone. Yes, sir. That's cool. That's it. Who to thunk? That is I mean it seems so obvious, right? But I, you, but the pain is so blinding. Yeah. Pain is so blinding. And the and the scorekeeping and the need to have it like fair. And the ego gets involved and when we feel wounded, when we feel lesser than. Yeah. And I think when it comes to children too, we live vicariously through our children sometimes and if they do something that's embarrassing, we feel embarrassed uh-huh. as if that their action has reflected yeah. on us. Oh, yeah. Their grades are bad, therefore we yeah. are bad parents or they have to, therefore we are instead of being embarrassed, we you know I I want to stop being embarrassed about my children and just love them. Oh, without a condition, without an without an expectation. My my son threw a fit in a restaurant the other day. And <laughs> which one, Ethan? Okay, Ethan. So we're in a restaurant and he was jumping over the outside wall on the patio, <laughs> and the manager had to come and oh, say, busted. "If you don't make him stop doing this, I'm going to have to ask you to leave because I have a I have a." A liability issue here. Liability. Liability. Uh, yeah, liability. <laughs> um, so I, of course, of all people should have known this. And I just had so many other people there in my party, so many other children and the daughter's boyfriend and everybody Chaos. else. Chaos. Chaos. And I, I wasn't paying attention. And so I said to Ethan, Ethan, you must stop what you're doing here. And he started to refuse. Ooh. And so we started to yeah. lock horns. Yeah. I said, no, honey. You're going to stop doing that or you and I are going to go to the car and have a time out while everybody else eats their dinner. And he just doubled down on the uh, – <laughs> I'll st- take your time out I'll, and I'll raise take, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I grabbed his arm. Here we go. Game on. 
game on, but he's, he's a little bigger <laughs> is he? than I remember him being the last time I grabbed <laughs> like, his arm. Yeah, you could feel his bicep. Yeah. Like, that's a big kid. So, Matt, I grabbed his arm and I walked him out of that restaurant in a way that made us both cry the second we got to the car. Oh, no. And we cried and cried yeah. and cried. We, he cried and hit the door. And I just cried and felt like a terrible parent. Oh, my And heaven. just as I'm walking out of the restaurant and he's flailing and I'm, my face is red, a woman said, are you Amanda uh. Dixon? <laughs> I hate that feeling. <laughs> and yeah. I just thought, oh, nope, yes, I'm not. I'm Stacy. mother who's abusing this child. Yes, that's me. Oh, that is. Can I have your autograph? But we got to the car, and after we got done crying, he said, I just feel like nobody in the family loves me except for you. Was that the strangest moment? That was weird. I'm the one who just dragged him out to the car. You are the one that was just about to take him over your knee. And he felt loved by me. How is that possible, Matt? You're the doctor. Help me understand that. I think he's got I think he's got bigger problems, Amanda. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think he's it's cuz you were crying. Was this after we you were started both crying? We were crying together. Cuz what if you hadn't cried? Like I I probably wouldn't have cried. Yeah. I would have thrown him in the car and say you stay there. We sat together. See, but that was probably it. You you sat there in the space, in the moment, in the now. And I told him, I love you, I love you, and I will sit here all through dinner, and it's just, we, I can't let you behave like that. How old is he? He just turned nine. Okay, just so you know, that would have been funnier if you had said, like, he's 18. <laughs> you should next time, just say, he's 18. That's hilarious. But if he's nine, okay, that makes sense. But he just, you know what, he, he just probably wants your attention. Yeah. That's what he was doing. He was wanting your attention. And you left everybody... To go be with him, even if it, and then you didn't beat him up emotionally. See, a no. lot of parents would have just, the ego would have gotten involved and they would have just, you're embarrassing me. Now all my fans know that I'm a mean mom. Yeah. I actually didn't, you know, what's funny? <clears throat> That's it. I really did like being alone with him. Oh, yeah. He and I, Share that in that sometimes I think we'll look at each other and think there are too many people in this family. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> that's terrible no, but, I love all of my yeah. kids, but once in a while, Ethan but and I even feel a quiet like moment of discipline. It'd be nice to just have the two of us. What do you do when you're in a huge family and that's sometimes it. you just need no. more one on one time with one child? Well, especially when that one is crying for your attention. Yeah. So maybe that's one of the rules going forward is he's probably just is needing me right now. Speak to me about that when you're a mother of many children and you don't get enough time with each child. I mean, I don't know how you do that. I'm a father with six children oh, and I don't get enough time. Same time. But it's but part of it is then I think is one rule I would say is don't let that get into your ego because your ego is going to start to say, see, because your ego will beat you up. It'll either make you proud because you're so amazing and your kids are not that or it'll make you weak. Like, you know, you're a loser because good moms are home or good moms are this or good dads don't just provide emotionally. They provide I mean, they don't just provide financially. They provide emotionally. They love. I do a little children. of that beating up. We all do. But then I laugh more. Laughing helps. But I think that was maybe one of the keys with your son is he got your time. He got, he got, he got you. And in the end, and you weren't even mad in I the wasn't. end. No, I wasn't. And we got to eat That's our love. dinner at home. Did you really? And we had leftovers. That's you know what see but Amanda you, I think that's one of the keys that's one of the reasons we wanted you on the show because living life is that everybody needs a breakdown in a restaurant that's life yeah but and then I'm quite sure I did a few of those to my parents well oh yeah oh yeah which is uh, what makes life so great I do remember banging my head against a wall when I was a kid did shall you? I tell you about that when we yeah, come back when we come back I want to hear all about that <laughs> we're gonna come back and find out how Amanda Dixon got a head injury as a child <laughs> banging her head against the wall. 
More with Amanda Dixon, the great media personality, the great media talent, and author of uh, a bunch of books, Wake Up to a Happier Life and Change It Up. Go to her website, amandadixon.com. More with Amanda right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Amanda Dixon, the great media uh, news. I mean, to me, you're not just a news anchor. Yeah, I guess I am a little different than just that. Although I do read news, certainly. I know you do. And you, but you also, you're, you have a women's show. I enjoy that show very much. Where I, 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 uh, that's amazing, I think. It's, I, I listen to that on do Sunday. You? Thank yeah. you. In fact, I also listen... Uh, I got a chance to be introduced by you once. I remember that day. But it was at the governor's, the governor's the, wife, the first yeah, ladies' yeah. conference. And right then, since then, I've been listen, I've been following you like crazy. I'm, oh. a, I, I'm a stalker. <laughs> it's kind of. I'm the one actually who, since we're giving kudos, I'm the one. I should tell your audience who listens to Matt. Matt uh, here locally, I get a chance to hear him a lot on Saturdays. Isn't that fun, and I enjoy that show. And I have almost been a caller to your show. I know, and that I, I wish you would. I didn't. I was all. I was all having a little tearful moment when I almost called your show, and then I just thought <laughs> that wouldn't be that wouldn't be the best idea. So maybe, I didn't. Maybe not. Maybe I, we ought not maybe do I that. shouldn't do that. Yeah. How do you How do you keep it up? I mean. Um, Again, you're in the you're in the you're in the media. Everyone can see you. Kind of people know you. You can't even discipline your children without problems. Yeah. Um, but you also have kids. You have this pressure to get home. You need to be sure. to bed by eight. Life is life is hard, but not really. You've got no. a great life. Yeah. Yet you turn fifty. Right. Right. Yeah. How do you keep? How do you keep life interesting and life happy and not get totally caught up in the wave of overwhelm like the rest of us? I don't. You get caught into yes, it? Yes, sure. Is that where you beat your head up? You were going to talk about Well, that. when I was a child, yes. But you know, my, my answer to your first question is I, I used to think that there was such a thing as balance, hmm. that I could somehow find balance. Yeah. Now I think that word just mocks us. Yeah, don't you think? La, 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 balance, la, la, la. yeah. Balance is something for bankers. Right, exactly. you know, it, it doesn't have anything <laughs> to do with human beings. No, no. The, 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 I say yes to absolutely everything that I can right now because I'm alive right now. That's a great, yeah. So, and it's your mission. So if somebody says, can you come speak at this thing? My answer will be yes, unless my children need me. Mm. And I know it's too much. Yeah. It's, I know I'll be exhausted, yeah. but I want to serve. There's back to the That's service. Yeah. If I can be of service to people, the only time my, I, my answer will be no, Matt, is if I am not actually needed. If someone else can but, go. Yeah, if they just need – we just, we just need a personality. Uh, we need a media person right. to MC. They this don't thing. need me. Yeah. Then I probably will say no yeah. because I would rather rest or be with my family. But if they truly need me, mm-hmm. if my presence is needed to serve in some way, then I will say, yes, I want to serve. Well, it sounds like then one key is you've got to know what your purpose is. Yes, my purpose is to serve. Yes, yeah, that's I was it. thinking the other day about this because I, I, my cousin Ricky died uh, so prematurely and so – it was just shocking to all of our systems. Um, and when he did, 
I flew back to Kennebunkport, Maine for his funeral, and we were there in this very small church in this beautiful mm. little town. Yeah. He had been the uh, proprietor of the bed and breakfast there, the Kennebunkport oh, Inn, neat. for 36 years. Wow. How old was he? He was 58. Yeah, too young. Too young. And this church was filled with people. Just the pews were stuffed, people standing along the walls. It was a fire hazard. Yeah. And they actually let people come and sit in the chairs behind the, the – oh, like the pulpit, the, yes. the front of the – Because they wanted to be able to let some yeah, – particularly the elderly people, people uh, sit down. And a young uh, – a, a man who had been a friend of his since second grade mm. came up to tell – the story of his life. Oh, beautiful. This is how we met on this gravel you know, this gravel pit when we were kids and we used to sneak smokes, which was a terrible thing. Yeah. And then later on, I mean, and, and, all, <laughs> and we would go skiing together and then hiking together. Yeah. And this was the story of his life. And I started thinking, as you are prone to do at a moment like that, what is the story of my life? If I were to be taken prematurely, yeah, what, are they what say? would they say? Mm. And I thought, I want to be a person who loved much and served well. That's beautiful. In this, that's the nutshell of my loved much and served, served well. well, and laughed loud. Yes, I added that. So, if that's my purpose, then I have to. Then balance is not anywhere in no. there. Well, no, but but again, that's. But what balance? Okay, so pick your balance: love, serve, or balance. Yeah. So balance will come later. Yeah. It, it, I remember Janie Clayson taught me this about how, you know, there's a season for everything. Uh-huh. When the children are grown, then I'll have a season to rest more. But right now, right. I have the season to be mother. And, and, be, and be in crazy chaos. And crazy chaos. But it seems like that's nature's not trying to balance. So balance then seems, nature is out of balance. It it's, is. It, nature's balance is out of balance. So who Seasons. cares? Yeah. So why on earth do we want to force balance? I like... You think you're honestly going to be able to balance? It's not. It's inherently no. imbalanced. And that I've heard people say sometimes they've just given these sorts of, you know, four steps to balance. And I just want to take it and throw uh-huh. it <laughs> in a fireball. Yeah. Because there's, it, it doesn't for me. No. And I think for, for many moms who are in this situation, it just can't work. Well, it, it can work until life changes. Mm-hmm. Right. So it can work till you have an, another baby. Right. Or it can work until you get sick. Or it can work until you lose your job. Yeah. Then balance. Or until your dad moves back in with you and he has Alzheimer's. Does, he have, does your dad? Mm-hmm. Sleep? And my mother-in-law has that. And that is, again, another very eye-opening event mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is to see somebody in those stages of Alzheimer's where they're losing, they're losing, you're, they're losing themselves. Right. They're losing you're losing them. I'm losing him, but he's still he's still very much with me, Is and he? we have an opportunity maybe to to go on an honor flight together because he was a World War II uh, veteran, neat. and the thought of sharing that with him, I hope very much that we can do. that. Well, are you going to share that with everyone? Oh yes, because that yes. would be an incredible story. Wouldn't that be something? And he's such a humble person, as I find most World War II oh, veterans are. That he was thinking, I'm not sure that I would be eligible, Amanda, because I I didn't see combat. And I said, Dad, your service is every bit as important as someone who saw comedy. He said, but I was just a plane mechanic. I was oh, just a, a But he allowed clerk. everyone but else to Yes, have. Papa. Yeah. But your service was essential 
fixing the airplanes was essential. Yeah. And he keeps downplaying. And I said, if we get invited, Dad, and you feel well enough, I want you to you go, go see it. Oh, that would be so neat. He's such a humble, beautiful soul and so easily moved by life, Matt. But look at that. that You're back to loving much and serving, and serving well. serving, yeah. Which is – there's your balance. Because mm-hmm. this is out of balance. Mom of five-ish, right? Yeah. And uh, wife, mother, daughter – media personality you're doing it all and out of balance and yet so so blessed and so so blessed and blessed and happy when i am serving Mm -hmm. the moments when i am unhappy are the moments when it's all about me me. i can't even get my makeup right exactly (laughs) and uh what what can you do for me my botox is wearing off exactly and when is dinner gonna be ready and when is my pedicure appointment? That's I think there's right. anything wrong with a good pedicure. No. And I'm in desperate need of one. I would never and have sandal a season is here. <laughs> that, see, it's, it's, you are, you're such a diva. Well, I would love to have a good pedicure you right now. You are not a diva. Do you know anyone I could stop and see on I the way home? I don't know. I think if you just drive down State Street of any town, you'll find plenty of people that will rub your feet. Isn't that weird? Oh, there's nothing like a good pedicure. Is there? Because to me, that is just creeps I know, men me don't out. get I, Well, it. I just had a guy playing with my foot, but he stuck a needle in it. Oh. It's different, I hear. I think very much is so. Is a pedicure better than that? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> is it? I used to get them regularly. Did you? I used oh, to see, that so just spoiled. Is, I see. I could never be a diva. Oh, you could. Oh, Let me help you. Could you? <laughs> you are so not a diva. <laughs> okay, Amanda, here we got, we got a couple minutes. Here's what I want to know. Yes, sir. And, and maybe, you've, maybe you've already said it because the loved much and the served well, I don't know how you ever beat that. What's, what's, what else have you learned? What's the one thing? If you could tell the crazy, frantic mom out there that is going 20 different directions and feels like she's not doing anything well mm-hmm. and she's feels like she's lost herself mm. and is wondering if it's worth it because nobody seems to get it, mm. what would you tell her? I love you. That's it. I love you. It's going to be okay. And you are doing the best you can. And that's all you can ever expect. And you are the perfect mom for those kids. How do I know? Because you are the mom of those kids. You're the one they need. That's how I know. That's so true. And you love them. I I mean, to, to know you're loved in a moment when you've got nothing. I love you. And everyone who knows you feels that way too. Some just aren't able to express it well. Just take a deep breath and feel loved. You are loved. What more do you need to know? Come on. Amanda. Matt. You nailed it. So good to see you, Matt. They, they got to go check out your website. Great to see you. Oh, seriously. And keep writing books. I will. I'll go back and write with my husband. We're going to finish this book. And I will hope. you get Juan a job someday in so, law? I don't know if I can do that. But Juan seems like a very bright young man. I'm sure he can do it for himself. He is incredible. And um, nothing he says can be taken as any legal advice. No, of course not. But someday, he'll someday. be able to charge you a pretty penny I there, know. Matt Townsend. Oh, and believe I me, I will. <laughs> I know. Quit pro quo, baby. He keeps saying that. <laughs> He's, he keeps writing all my questions down. He says, I'll call you in two years. Six at, minutes. At three. Tenth of an hour. Oh, man. Jeez. Thanks, Amanda. Oh, my pleasure. You You're take the best. care of yourself. You too. Yeah. And everybody, go check out her website, Amanda Dixon, D-I-C-K-S-O-N, AmandaDixon.com. Look at her books. Wake up to a happier life. Change it up. A Gentle Thief. And the new novel, which we're calling The First Ghost. Yeah, until we think of a better title. Casper. <laughs> no. He was not. the first ghost. No, you wait and see. Okay, it's going to be not great. Casper.
Well done, Amanda. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Good stuff, folks. We're going to take a break. Come back. We are going to just keep this this energy going. The pursuit of living life. How do we do it to the fullest? How do we get more love? As Amanda taught us, more service into our lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side, sitting here, looking in the brownish eyes, hazily, hazily eyes of Miguel Pond. Dreamy. Dreamy. Attractive. James Bond-esque. James Bond-esque, yes. Hazily, yes. Dreamy, no. Eyes of Mike Pond. Michael, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. I'm standing up. Wow. A lot of times I'll sit to do the show. Today I'm going to stand. Well, on that needled foot. I'm, a little I'm standing on the needled foot. I'm thinking it needs some blood flow. Do you want me to get down and I would do you like, need a pedicure? some blood down there? I would like you to massage <laughs> my foot. Is that too much to ask? You know, that wasn't in my job description when I signed up, but sure. Sure, okay. I'll do. HR's coming down. Oh, here comes HR's HR right down the stairs. So uh, Mike's going to help us with something because one of the things that makes life difficult is, A, it's difficult anyway. Yeah, it's hard. Life and, is rough. But then there's some of us that we don't, hmm, we don't ask for help. We could get more help if we would ask for it. But there's some people that won't ask for help, which just makes their life harder. We don't need to face these hard life challenges alone. Right. It's there are people surrounding us all the time, unless you're, you know, on a desert island, deserted island or yeah. something. But uh, you, family, friends, coworkers. I mean, people are willing to help us through these these hard challenges in our life, but or just you, life yeah, in general. But you know, life's complicated. I have people say, "Yeah, you're busy." I bet you deal with this all the time. You're busy, and so I don't want to bug you. But if I'm there saying bug me, then now you ought to bug me. Because in a minute I won't be saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I, but it's like, no, like I'm here for you for a reason. So just let me help you. How can I help you? So you've been researching this idea? Yeah, I've been. There's a lot of scientific research on it. And uh, why won't people ask for help? You know, there's a lot of reasons people don't ask for help. It's it makes, funny. It makes no sense. Well, I, I don't ask for a lot of help. Well, you know, it's it's probably because you're a male. Most men yeah. don't ask for help as opposed to women. Yeah. I mean, when they're compared to each other. Want to ask for help all the time. He's like, when have I ever asked you for help? Help me. Well, that one time. Remember that one time when you had fallen and you couldn't get up? And no, I, I don't. Okay. I think well, you're making Matt it up. rushed over. I heard about that. We talked yeah. about it in the staff meeting. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, we almost lost you. So even if we do ask for help, we won't admit it. Really? Yeah. That's a great example right there. Men have a hard time asking for help. But see, that's because I don't want to be seen as needy. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons. And it's funny, uh, companies that, that offer like uh, for example, bankruptcy counseling. Yeah. They target women because women are the ones that are most likely they're gonna seek help. uh to that yeah, they're gonna seek out help. They're gonna make the call. Men yeah. don't usually I see ask that in my help. own business. Uh women uh, a lot of times women will show up without their husband to get marriage help because their husband doesn't need help. It's the most amazing thing. <laughs> that is so funny. The, by the way, 70% of divorces are filed by women. And I'm assuming that's also because, you know, people weren't getting the help they needed. 
ask the lawyer. Let's ask the lawyer. Yeah, what does the lawyer say? Well, Amanda left. I'm not a lawyer. Oh, that's right. That's let's oh, make sorry. I keep forgetting. Keep Give me a couple years. Have me back on the show. <laughs> but you ought to if, – if you're not a lawyer, then you ought to not wear that shirt that says, hey, ask me. I'm a lawyer. That's just a bad Yeah, shirt. well – so you're not going to wear error and judgment. Yeah. Nice, nice shirt, though. Teach us more, Mike. What else is the research saying about why else we're not asking? Well, exactly what you were saying before. Uh, going back to why men uh, seek out help, help mm-hmm. less uh, in our society, uh, asking for for help. One of the reasons that makes it so difficult is that it's there's a tendency to view it as a deficiency or a weakness. Yeah, like something's wrong with you. Yeah, no, I'm not normal. I don't need to go see the doctor. I don't need to, you know, ask my friend to help me move my stuff. Yeah. My, I don't need to talk about my feelings. Whatever. Right. You know, there's all kinds of different things we could. I've moved seek a out. treadmill that had to have weighed five tons. <laughs> It was a huge treadmill. I was going to say. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it wasn't two, five Two-story treadmill. It was treadmill. probably a two-ton treadmill, 4,000 yeah, pounds. Yeah, don't exaggerate. I, it it, it was 300 house. pounds. I don't know what it was, but I didn't ask anyone for help, and I just decided to skid it up into my house. Just put skids. <laughs> just took it out of the – took it out of our van. I bet this, was, this was 10 years ago. And that's where your yeah. feet got messed up. That's Yeah, that's when I was in traction as they were trying to stretch out my hammies. <laughs> Uh, by the way, every time I say my hammies, Juan thinks of a restaurant that serves <laughs> moon over my hammy. I get hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Denny's have that? That is Denny's. Yeah, yeah, we okay. weren't going to name the name. Oh, but sorry. We just did. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, you I know, don't ask for help because <laughs> I don't need help. I'll get the two five-ton treadmill up the stairs. Well, the problem is – you know, you could really hurt yourself doing that. Well, you could. The, t- the tendency, we don't need help, okay? Yeah. And so what happens is we a problem, if we wait too long, turns into a crisis. Yeah. You know, the, the treadmill, this, this two-story, five-ton treadmill could have fallen on you. So now it's a bulging disc. Oh, no, my legs are broken. That's you know, right. what you, Yeah. What do you do? And so uh, we need to learn how to uh, ask for help. But there's other, there's other reasons okay. uh, that, that people don't ask for help. Um, not that not that people need reasons, any more reasons no. to not ask for help. But these are just this is the it, research. It's says, helpful to understand yeah. why, because a lot of people that need help don't know that they need help. Right, and and so it's it's good to recognize. Yeah. Uh, Let me give you one. My wife, uh, she sometimes won't ask for help, but then she'll sit and like do the dishes or whatever and be mad. And you'll hear mad dishes being done. Like she'll she'll be mad. Like you'll hear smashing dishes. <laughs> and we're like, you okay back there? And she's like, yeah, just doing the dishes by myself. <laughs> and then we're like, well, why didn't you ask? And then she'd say something like, do I have to ask for everything in this house? And I'm like, well, no, only if you want us to help you. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually thinks we should kind of know or want to ask or want to help. You should intuit these yeah, things. It's, yeah, it's all yeah. intuitive. Uh, people people are not very good sometimes at recognizing when others are in need of help if we don't verbalize it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, people are afraid to, to verbalize it because maybe they're afraid that they're going to surrender all control. Maybe your wife's afraid that you're going to come over and do all of the dishes. No, you know what? I'm pretty <laughs> sure she'd be okay with that. <laughs> but it's like you should care enough to know ahead of time. Yeah. Because now the dishes are halfway done, so whatever. But I'm not gonna. You're not gonna eat tonight. But if, like that. you know, if she waits too long and there's some kind of a a dish crisis, dish 
(laughs) cleaning crisis, uh, when she comes and asks for help, she's not going to sound very centered or grounded when she's coming from a place of crisis. That's right. Now she'll be angry. Yeah. And so people are not going to be very receptive to that. Come on. Come and help me out. I got to – That's right. Am I the only one that can clean? Um, that's, That's where this gets crazy because then we get in these patterns, don't we? So now we don't ask. Nobody seems to care. You're doing the dishes by yourself. And before you know it, you're eating off of paper plates. That's right, because you had the dish crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. No more. I, which I'm totally fine with by myself. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, want, I, I you just throw idea. it away and you're done. But yeah. then you have to take out the garbage, and Ooh. then you should be helping there. Ooh, see, so it's a tangled tough. web. Uh, what else? Anything else you find yeah. that's a key to this? Uh, you know, along with afraid, being afraid that you're going to surrender all control of the situation, um, you're, you're afraid of what's going to be expected in return. Maybe if you ask... Uh, for yeah. help for something, oh no, I'm going to have to owe them later, or they're going to want something uh, to pay the, them, oh, or, yeah. or whatever. See, that's mine. I um, I always feel like that. Probably wrongly, I feel like I'm going to owe somebody yeah. after they help me, and then I would go and I try and help them, but they don't really want mm, the help, and yeah. it's just a big awkward mess. That's... So a lot of times I'm like, no, I'll just do it myself. Hey Juan, what's the price? What's it going to cost me? You know, people people yeah. are thinking that. Yeah. That that, but that's not really unrealistic. Most people. Are they're glad to help? Most healthy individuals want to help, and they need to help, and they derive pleasure from it. Yeah, from helping others. Um, but you know, you do have to be careful uh, that if you present the, a need to the wrong individual, you've brought a hovering, patronizing relationship over the uh-huh. situation. So that's why people are afraid because yeah. sometimes it can backfire yeah. on you. No, I, I can totally relate to that. Plus, maybe they don't. Maybe another reason is they don't know how to ask for help. That that is probably the main reason I think that people uh, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. They've never been taught formally how to ask properly. So we do it really badly when do, we do ask. Do, is there a proper way? Yeah, there is a proper way. Because I, I heard it's like, kind sir, can you help me? X Y Z. So this is coming from a New York Times article. Uh, written by Alina Tugned, she says she offers a few tips. Okay. Please, uh, may I have some and instead, Please. <laughs> so, you know, when we don't know how to ask, no. so we, we use these horrible methods like guilt, blackmail, like, cohesion. I know you don't want to help me, uh, but can you – there's one way. Soliciting pity and uh, when we want assistance. So those are just that's, – that's bad. And we ask the wrong person and then we – we feel humiliated from past experiences, and we don't want to do it anymore. Right. So these are some tips that she 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 uh, suggests: be straightforward and asks in in specific terms, but don't micromanage. Yeah, and, and this goes. I mean, this is a blanket kind of asking for help. I mean, it could be any kind of situation. Maybe you need help moving yeah. uh, furniture. Maybe you need help with an emotional situation. Maybe somebody's passed away, and you just need someone to talk to. Uh, so, so but just be but be specific, like exactly. But don't micromanage. Like, can you come over and do the dishes? And first, I want you to load the the glassware in, and I want it loaded this way. And then I need you to load the bottom rack, but don't load the bottom rack too much. If you if you're too specific, then it's like you're suffocating me. Exactly. Um, and this is kind of a the, an interesting tip that uh, that she suggested, and I. She says to rely on less obvious people. For example, um, if you have something wrong with your feet, maybe yeah. don't ask your friends which doctor you could go to, but maybe go ask some athletes at the gym. Maybe they yeah. know somebody. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Mm. Uh, another one is to pick up on cues. If if you're is someone is that an enthusiastic yes or a, a reluctant mm-hmm. yes, and then go to the ones that are giving you more enthusiastic yeses. Yeah, and then just say thank you when the agreement is struck. 
and when the need has been met and when you see the person next who helped you. Yeah. Just be thankful. And don't be afraid to try again tomorrow if it doesn't go well today. You know? Yeah. Everyone needs a little lift. I ask you guys for stuff all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we're going to carry you to your car after the show. In fact, I really need my foot rubbed. Um, oh, well, no one seems to be volunteering, so I was just trying to intuit who would want to rub my foot, but no one, no one's going to do it. I got a chair I can roll over it. Okay, well, that's not going to help. Uh, anyway, I, great job. I really think you, you hit it on the head. That's awesome. You taught us a lot, Mike. And your dreamy blue eyes, they're back. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well done. Folks, ask for help. That's a great start to getting help in your life. You don't have to do everything. You can just ask for a little help. We're taking a break. When we come back, guess who's here? Meg Conley is on the phone. She's not even in the house. Meg's getting a little lazy on getting in here. But uh, we'll talk to her about that. Meg Conley, up next from Meg in Progress. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are talking about living life. You know, it's just so ironic how life just happens to everybody. So, you know, I, I'm late almost to the show because they're shoving a needle in my foot. And Meg Conley was supposed to be here live. And I think she was even going to bring us a treat is what she said last time. But, um, you know, life happens. And Meg is not able to be here live, but she is able to be here on the phone. So, Meg Conley, are you there? I'm here. I'm so sorry, Matt. It's okay. I mean, it, of all days that I needed, I mean, it's just, it is it is two weeks in a row. I know. Here's the thing. And it, it sounds like something out of an Edith Wharton novel, but, like, good child care is really hard to find. <laughs> and I have a new amazing girl starting next week. But she couldn't start until next week, and uh, so I was left yeah. without help today. You know, you, you could you could have brought Zuzu and Viola in. I seriously considered that. I'm not even joking because no. they would be in love with Maddie. Oh, like oh got yeah, gorgeous long red hair, yeah. and they love. They would just like pet her hair. Though I almost bought them. I'm not even joking. Matt. By the way, I considered but, it. Well, by the way, just so you know, you always can bring your children in. <laughs> and right when you said that they would have loved Maddie, she stood up. And she threw her arms above her head like a touchdown sign and started shaking like she was seizing. Okay, I was really excited. I just want to meet them. Hold on. Was that excitement? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sean, make a note of that. That's what excitement looks like. (laughs) To me, it looks like sickness. Well, the next time um, that my my help falls through, I'll bring the kids. Anytime you want. Again, we are a very child-friendly show. In fact, many people say we are child-like. You know what? Only in your heart, Matt. And your brain. Whoa. Hold on. Did I hear that right? Did she say in my brain? Wow. This is not your foot. Yeah. I know. I'm feeling bad about your foot. That's a rough situation. Yeah, well, you know, it's just something you do. When you're a man, you just take a needle in the foot. 
I hate needles. Do you have a problem with needles? I have a huge problem with them. You know what? He tricked me, though, Meg. He tricked me because he says, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to spray this really cold thing on your foot so that you can't feel it. And he started spraying it, and all of a sudden, like, what the? And he <laughs> stuck a needle in my foot. Oh, man. I don't want to get graphic, but it did take about five minutes of pushing, what was it, cortisol or something into my foot. Not cortisol. That's a stress hormone. Cortisone. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was cortisone. It looked like Crisco. Five minutes? Yeah. Well, it felt like, like five. Was that like multiple syringes? No, just one big, huge syringe. Oh. With three oh. people pushing the plunger in. <laughs> was this a construction crew? It was like a construction crew. One guy's name was Lenny. <laughs> he had a yellow hard hat on. And then they had the other guy in the in the corner standing yeah. on the shovel? Uh-huh. And, okay. he, and the good dog kept saying, you okay there, Matt? I'm fine. This is gah. And then they'd push it deeper. But uh, again, apparently you have to cover the whole tendon. Man, well, but cortisone, I've had, that, I've had cortisone shots before, and they work, they work miracles. Did they? Yeah. Okay, because I want to be like, kicking. You know, I don't know if you know this. I almost was a, a, a field goal kicker for the San Francisco 49ers. You're lying. Hypothetically? Yeah, hypothetically. Just like your hypothetical firefighter? Yep. Okay. That was one of my other dreams was to be a field goal kicker. See, a lot of kids want to be like, I don't know, quarterback, I don't know, no. a, a, a linebacker, not me. I wanted to be the kicker. They were always clean. I figured they made well, a good salary. Yeah, they do. They make an amazing salary, yeah. like at least the league minimum. Some sure. of them make more. And they get like, what, in total per game, five minutes of playing time or something? Yeah, sure. Exactly. Well, and uh, you don't even have to wear pads, really. Right. I mean, you can get right. hit or whatever, but, you know, field goal kicker. They're, they're not. always like these tall, lanky guys, though. You're pretty tall, though. Well, well I, I'm lanky. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm lanky. No, I mean, you're lanky. You're very lanky. Hey, what does lanky mean, Meg? Because I think you know, I'm like, pretty sure that's me. Like, lanky is like spindly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like lanky better than spindly. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, so, you're you're the wordsmith because you're the you're the blogger, blah blah, with MegInProgress.com. dot com. That's right. That's right. That's me. You you amaze me. Stop it, Matt. You have to be nice to me right now because you're always mean to me towards the end of the show. I am. I am not mean to you towards <laughs> the, the end last, of the show. Yeah, the last show I was like, man, he's being so so nice, and then and then the end of the show just stuck the knife in and twisted it. Please don't say knife in and twist. <laughs> today <laughs> i that just brought back some bad memories of a half I mean, hour ago. Wait, Matt, i love this show I, you, I wish i could have been on the entire show it well, was it's been such a good show have you been listening yeah i have been i've been outside gardening and i've had sirius xm playing while i've been while i've been gardening um so your hands are probably dirty brown with junk under your nails Sure. Yeah. Well, I wear gloves, but but still, my hands are pretty gross. So yeah. Are you very good? Did you hear our last segment with Mike about asking for help? No, because I was waiting for the phone call, so I did not. Okay, hear that. that's but what, okay. I love. I I heard the very last like thirty seconds about it. How like oh. if you need help, you need to ask for yeah. it. That's the best. Do you, Do you feel like you ask for help very? I mean, do you do that well? I am not good at asking for help. I'm the worst at it because I feel like I am inflicting some sort of pain and obligation on the people around yeah. me. Yeah, you but don't if want to. They love yeah. you. They want to help you, right? Right. We need we need to be more willing to be open about that, and so that they feel like they can ask for help in the future. Yeah. See, that's not just a man thing, right? That's also a blogger Megan Progress thing. 
Sure. Well, I think that women feel like they're going to be judged for needing help. See, that's, that, a, that's, that's a big it. concern. Because, I mean, if you're near and, perfect, you don't need help. Right, well, and we don't want people to feel like, we don't want people to feel like we're obligations. Women are so mm. worried about that. That's huge. Like, you don't want to feel yeah. like, you don't want to feel like you're a drain on us, an obligation. Exactly. 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 But it's not, that's foolish. That's foolish. That is. It's something I've gotten a little bit better at, but you know, it's like, I'll ask my husband for help where like, it took me like five years of marriage to figure out that that was, that was an acceptable <laughs> thing to do. And if I could be the jerk, it's because I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, you're not an idiot. You, no, you are a jerk. <laughs> Let's clarify that. You're not an idiot. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not an idiot. I'm a you're, jerk. you're neither of those. You, um, but so you actually had a hard time asking Riley for help. Yeah, which is so silly, right? Because right. he loves me more than anyone. But I felt like, oh my gosh, he's already putting up with me every day. I can't ask him for yeah. additional help. Because then, ridiculous. yeah. Well, because Riley, it's funny. This is just ironic because Riley's been calling me for years to get you help. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. No. But is this, um, so as you think of living through life, today our topic is living life. And make and not just right. living it, like probably thrive. We want to thrive in life. We don't want to just put up right. with life. That's right. What 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 say ye? What say ye? Okay, so when I when I heard about your topic, I got so excited because this is what I write about constantly, right? Hold on, you you, how, hold, you do? Yes, on makingprogress dot com. Are you serious? I've got to start reading that. <laughs> that is really my favorite blog. Again, I'm not way into blogs, but your blog is Stop one it. that I read. My wife loves your blog. I love your wife. She is so do you? lovely. I love yeah, my I wife really do. too. I do. Well. She thinks you're incredible. Well, feelings mutual. But one of one of the things I've been concentrating on, and I'm writing a long article on it right now, so this topic was so timely, was how the act of creation in our own lives benefits us, gives us peace, peace, acts as a healing balm, right? And and I think that we all know that about ourselves. Like, oh, I've had a really bad day. It'll make me feel better if I go home and make some brownies. I feel out of control. I'm going to go plant a garden, right? Like so often our coping mechanisms are to create something or to become partners in creation. Mm. So, so I think that we do that without thinking, right? Yeah. So I think, I think that what we could do that would help um, harness, you know, all these good feelings and good forces and put us in control of them would be to create with, um, with deliberation, with intention, right? And understand what the act of creation does for us and, and what individually we feel the most peace, happiness, fulfillment in creating. I, you are profound. No, oh, Matt. No, oh, you know, Matt. no, but you, no, but like seriously, that I've been studying a lot about creation, and really, and oh, I, I, hours. I know. It's so weird. just this is how I know you're profound, because when you said, you know, like sometimes a, a woman might go make brownies in an effort to get that creative energy going or whatever. Um, right then, Sean passed me a note that just said, yeah, keep talking about the brownies. <laughs> so I, that's how I knew you were profound. But the cre- I mean, really, what I found is um, I think we have this inherent belief. You tell me, because you also you want you say create with create with deliberate. De- what would you say? Create deliberately. Yeah, create, yeah, with intention. See, I believe we're here to act and not to be acted upon. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. It, don't you feel it? So it feels like once our intelligence gets kind of vibrated and we think of something interesting, we need to be moving and acting 
on what we know. Yes, yes Creation. absolutely. Boom. Well, and I think, you know, last week we talked a little bit about how um, deciding why we're here is often the force that propels us towards the rest of our lives, right? Yeah. Where are we? Um, are we an accident? Uh, is there is there a plan? Is there a creator? I think that once you arrive at those answers, um, and see, for me, I'm a very spiritual person. I believe that I was made by the same hand that shapes the stars, right? Yeah. I absolutely believe in God and um, and and in His um, influence in my life. Okay, so so when I create, for me, that is a way to express my divine capabilities, my divine potential, and I think that it's a way to connect to our highest potential, mm. to our highest selves, at a time when we maybe feel like our lowest selves, right? Yes. I mean, we are the only species that create purely, purely um, because we seek peace well, or like, happiness. Yeah, art or music right. or, I mean, yeah, we're the right. only ones that are that are creating at that level, I sure. guess. And, you know, it can be argued that music has utility, um, that art has utility, the way that it stimulates our brains. Um, but even but sure. even, even once you debate that, okay, but, but why does it stimulate our brains that way? Okay, there's something about us. There's this divine heritage that we're tapping into when we create. I'm reading this really interesting book called The Age of Wonder, and it's, um, it contrasts poets and scientists during the Romantic Age. The Romantic Age started in the late 1700s and carried on for several decades after that. And during the Romantic Age, you have um, you have Blake, Mary Shelley, um, you have William Herschel, who changed the way that we look at we look at astronomy and space. And you have all these amazing artistic and scientific minds coexisting together and feeding off of each other. Right. So they were tapping into creation. Huh. Uh, discovering its laws, its properties, and then with those amazing insights, they were going out and creating themselves. And and honestly, we haven't seen an age since that that had so much innovation, so much discovery, and so much beautiful art and literature come out of it. Oh, I mean, it was beautiful. like a huge cosmic burst, Oh, right? yeah. Oh, totally. So, I, I think, you know what, Meg, we have to take a break, but you, I think you're on it. You, you're on it. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, but I want to come back and have you continue this discussion about kind of divine creation as as part of life, as part of living, and as part of healthy living, really. Yeah. I want you to explain absolutely. that. I also yes. want you to explain that picture of you, you probably, I don't know, or 10 on the Mississippi um, that's on your website, Meg in Progress. Okay. I just want you to explain that. Okay. <laughs> we're taking a break. More with Meg Conley from her website, Meg in Progress. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. back, friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, on the phone with Meg Conley, who, again, runs, owns, is the queen of MeganProgress.com. She's a blogger. She uh, has been running her children, Zuzu and Viola, all day long. She's been putting them out in the yard, and they, I think she's been putting them into labor kind of type of camps. And she's finishing her yard one way or another. Is that right, Meg? 
they have labored, and I'm sorry, but two-year-olds do not scoop dirt the way that you want them to. I know. You know what? Nobody disappoints more than a two-year-old in the uh, That's the what I'm dirt always telling area. her. You are so disappointing. Like, focus. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's funny, though, is notice you're out being creative, because I'm sure you've had a stressful day um, yeah. needing to be on the show. I mean, I know you normally get up about 11. And Riley probably had to leave, so Riley had to go to work, and so you probably had to get up earlier than normal because you have <laughs> a new like, oh, nanny. No, up before noon. Well, you yeah. know, I have been, I have been more creative lately, um, especially creating with my hands. And you know, my dad died in February. Yeah. And um, grief is this complicated, um, ongoing process. And I did wake up this morning feeling like. Oh my goodness! Like I don't think I can do today. Today and and yesterday I woke up and it was just a normal day. You know, sometimes grief just smacks yeah. you in the face. And so I could have laid in bed all day and watched um, reruns. And I'm not saying I never do that, but you don't feel good after doing that. Right. But so, so, so I just, you, I took myself down to Home Depot and bought a lot of plants, and I, I did some planting and gardening all day, and I feel so much better. No, but go back to that. Go back to that idea that you were teaching us earlier that. Inside of us, we have this divinity. Uh, Emerson called right. it the divine spark. And exactly. it's it's this great spirit inside of us. And as humans, we have the ability to take that spirit and use it to create and to be creative and to express ourselves and to kind of magnify life and magnify our talents. And you were saying that's where we're expressing in that creative mode, <clears throat> we're expressing our divine potential. Absolutely. That's when we're... That's when we're tapping into this higher self that I think that sometimes we can sense it's there and other times we're wallowing. But but the thing is, is this this person that we were made to become is always a part of us. Yeah. And there are a lot of ways to, to gain knowledge of that individual, right? I mean, through study, through meditation, but especially through the act of creation. I just don't think that there is anything more divine. I think you're right. So, so... And it's healing you today, apparently, because this morning you woke up in a funk, ready to just, I mean, just possibly down, and you instead decided, hey, you're going to get out there and go create. Well, you know, and and some people would say, well, you bought the plants and you just dug the hole. Well, at the end of the day, we are ultimately partners in creation, right? Yeah. Nothing is done. We're, We're never an island. We never do things by ourselves. So whether it's creating a feast or... Um, creating a masterpiece of music or art. At the end of the day, the day, we've taken resources and we've gathered them in, in a deliberate manner and we've made something else, right? Mm, and so yeah. it's intelligences working with intelligences, basically. And um, and so I think that if we look at ourselves as partners in creation, it becomes an even more exciting, um, ennobling, empowering thing. It, it seems to give your life more purpose than just making the donuts. Although, if you're making donuts, that's pretty exciting. That is, that is totally creative. Hey, and by the way, while we're on the topic of donuts, um, hey, feel free next week uh, yeah. when you come in. I mean, bakery. You I'm mentioned, you every, you mentioned brownies. You mentioned, we, I mentioned donuts. You know, either one. We're good either way. Okay, I'll bring either one. So I think, I think <laughs> what we need to – I'll bring both. Okay, you yeah. know what? Both. Yeah. I think what we need to do, though, is we need to sit down and get to know ourselves. Um, very few of us are talented enough or have the energy to expend where we can create all the things, right? Yeah, right. Um, so I think that we need to, if we're going to create with intention, I think that we need to sit down and get to know 
our higher selves a little bit and figure out um, where our talents lie, where our interests lie, where, um, where our peace can be found. So while I'm gardening today and I've been doing more of that, for the most part, when I am writing, that is the form of creation that um, connects me to something deeper, right? Mm, yeah. Um, my sister is the most amazing cook. I mean, I mean, it's like alchemy when you go into really? the kitchen, right? I mean, it's phenomenal. She lives in she lives in New Mexico, though. Or else I oh, haven't. Like, I, I was thinking you ought to bring that. her one week. <laughs> Have her just bring something in. <laughs> That's how she creates. But you know, I think, especially stay-at-home moms, you know, um, I think that that often the stay-at-home mom's typical interest in in Pinterest and crafting is derided by people who um, don't create that way. But I would say to the people who mock that or think less of it they're expressing their divine potential by you know stitching on that pillow or creating creating that um that you know that that great meal thing out of something that they found in the trash can i mean there's a lot of acts of creation right and so and so i think that we need to to honor that and and i don't think our society is willing to do that right now which is a shame and so then you have you have people like my sister who feel like, well, I'm a really great cook, but I'm not. Um, I'm not like a scientist. I'm not, not out there discovering things. Well, well, no. If you're creating, then you're fulfilling your potential, and it doesn't matter how you're creating. I I think that's a really powerful paradigm. I mean, because uh, uh, men do the same thing. How many times can a guy go out and just spend all this time in his yard and make it look beautiful, or continue reconstructing the home, or right. even just shining their car or from i mean all all of those are acts of creating something beautiful and isn't it funny it's almost this it you're saying it's this innate kind of drive of our spirit to be creators yes absolutely and it heals us and it also it does and and it, it also is a great function of learning and growing and expressing right Right. He knows us because it lifts us up to the place that we're supposed to be. Yeah. And I think that I think that whether we acknowledge it or not, we uh, experience a lot of homesickness. I, I no, I think you're right. And and so I think that that is one way to find find home. Yeah. But that's so it's a, exciting. It's way exciting. And if you wanted to figure out a way to maneuver through your life, you're saying then go find a way to to create. Right. And, and, you know, um, create an environment, create opportunities. I mean, it doesn't have to be something that no. you can touch. Well, it could be um, create closure in a problem, create right, a better right. conversation. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, my mom, uh, since, since the death of my dad, there's been a lot of grasping and hurt and triumph, and it's all been mixed up together. And one of the things that she started doing is she's, she's working with this amazing charitable um, organization that helps extract uh, young girls from around the world from really horrible situations. Mm. So she's helping them create new lives. It, but at the end of the day, it's an act of creation. You know what? That It's just to me, it seems like, so if our topic today is living life, uh, you're saying make life Make your make a major part of your life uh, being a creator and and or yes. just I, I think we're already doing it. Everyone's doing that. We just don't tie it to that. We don't see well, that it's the creation. Right. I I think that it's something we do innately, and so I think that if you acknowledge, like, wow, you know, this dinner that I made, this opportunity that I created, was a way to connect myself to my my highest potential. I think that we'll start honoring ourselves in our lives more. Yeah, and that's what I said about 
we're all creating, but let's do it with intention. Yeah. And um, and let's give ourselves high fives once in a while for for connecting to those points. That's that's fabulous. Well, that, what Nobody, else? No oh. other species does that. No, no, no. My dog. I don't have a dog. My dog growing up never created anything but chaos. <laughs> he just sat love. there. He just he created love. Oh no, he did create love, and and he received love, and. But you know what else I love about what you just said is um, then it's not about necessarily the act as much as it is the principle. Because yes. let's say you made a meal today that was going to be a great, great creative opportunity. And instead, it just kind of turned into a creation, like a mess, <laughs> right. like a monster, like a monster. And so it, the outcome isn't half as important, apparently, no. as the principle of no. being in the act of being a creator. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh I my goodness! It. If if the outcome matters, then none of us. Would, oh please! None of us would create. I would never create again. My nothing ever turns out the oh, way yeah. that I thought. Well, it can did. you imagine if yeah. outcomes mattered? Where would this show be? <laughs> oh, come <laughs> you know what I mean. Come on, I mean, no, where would the show be for real? I mean, really. <laughs> That's why it doesn't matter. We're all here, just creating, just creating. So. <laughs> Meg, you're amazing. Has anybody Stop told it. you that today? Um, just you, Matt, and I needed to hear it. No, you really are. I forgot to put on sunscreen. I think I'm sunburned. No I'm, sh- I'm sure you are. And again, if anybody wants to see what you look like right now, just go to Meg in Progress and look for one of her um, one of her blog entries. Has a picture of Meg when she's I, I, I'm thinking ten. Yeah, uh, I was about ten years. You were ten. In fact, if you're looking for it, it's a call to womanhood embodied. Yeah, it's the embodied essay. And that frizzy yeah. hair, mm-hmm. teeth. Yeah, oh yeah. Very happy. Hanging on to the railing of the Grand Mississippi. You were probably on it some is, big... On the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? It's beautiful. But that, I'm but imagining, yeah, was... is what you look like today. I, that is basically what I look like You have right a big now. T-shirt late, on. I was a late bloomer, Matt, and so... Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I was able to cultivate my mind because there was so little I could do to help my appearance. Well, that, in fact, that's what we just said during the break is that your your mind is just – your mind is incredible. No. No, it is. And no, now I know why because you weren't apparently working on anything but your mind. It was just my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else kind of started to hit around 18 and 19. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thus the late blooming. But um, <laughs> but again, you're you're just the bomb. Hey, are you going to be able to stick around with us? I mean, I, I have you have you checked on your children lately? Well, okay, Margaret's in back playing with the neighborhood kids, and Viola is quote unquote taking a nap. Who's Margaret? Oh, that's Zuzu. Okay, Zuzu. yeah. Can you just Sorry. make sure you use their real names? <laughs> yeah, we don't go by Margaret on the show. It's Zuzu. <laughs> Zuzu. That's okay. Um, okay, so stick with us because we when we come back, Maddie's going to be uh, presenting about listening. How good are you at listening? Excellent. And you you got to be careful. Uh, this is my forte. Okay. okay. You, know you want? I won't beat you in this, Matt. You'll okay. beat me. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll see. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to scare you. Last time you thought I beat you up in the last segment, but I didn't. <laughs> More with Meg Conley and her uh, new daughter Margaret. After this, this is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time for the hoedown wrap-up. The wrap-up of the show. Who better to help us with the wrap-up than our own Maddie Richards? Hello, everyone. Hello, Maddie. Hello, Matthew. Uh, again. By the way, Meg Conley on the phone. Meg, are you still with us? I'm still here. Meg Aww. is still in progress. Meg. Hello, Maddie. Hi, I missed you today. I missed you, too. Okay. <laughs> Nobody missed us, man. No, no we're just kind of so here. Weird. Like, no, I'm glad Meg's here because she's going to be really, really good at this, and you're not, and it's going to be funny, Matt. Okay. Oh, I love that. Holy cow! <laughs> Did you forget that I have a doctorate? <laughs> you're a doctor, and I have I a have master's no degree in communications, and I'd spend hours every day. Listening to people. No, this is going to be a really good to see if you really are good at what you're, okay. you say you're good at. Let's, let's do, so what What are the rules here? So basically what I'm going to be doing is asking you um, or giving you a statement and you're going to say, yes, this applies to me or no, it doesn't. And that's going to tell us what kind of – if you're a good listener or not. Okay. Do we need to keep our own score? What no, we're we... Not, we don't need to score. We can just say, well, we'll well if you said yes, you're probably not a good listener. Okay. 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 All right? Yeah. I seem to often have trouble being able to accurately recall the details about a conversation. Is that no. a yes or no? No, that is not me. Oh, yes, it is. No. You said you totally you forgot who Merritt was. She was your producer like two weeks ago. Who? <laughs> See? You forget Merritt. You know Merritt's my homegirl. No, I, I, I remember Merritt. And I, I actually don't, just so you know, for real, I don't forget details. Okay. I if if I if you like say so tomorrow we're shooting the show at four I won't remember that. <laughs> but if you sit there and tell me a story about what happened to you when you were five, I'll remember every detail. Oh, okay. It's weird. If if there's any kind of pain involved, <laughs> I will oh, so you listen for painful things. Got yes. it. And we know Meg is able to remember all the details because she remembers everything about our lives. Meg didn't remember she was on today. <laughs> yes, she did. Okay. No, I remembered. There were just complications. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay. In a restaurant or other public place, I frequently listen in on other conversations when engaged in my own conversation with other people. No. Totally. I, I do that all the time, though, but I love eavesdropping, so. But that's not good listening. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't do it. But do I'm good at you, listening to other people. I, but here's the thing. Usually I'm with people who will also listen in on the other conversations. <laughs> that that like, means you're being a great listener and a great friend. Okay. Because, like, I just give Riley, like, he likes the look. He knows the look. And he'll, like, be quiet and just, like, eat intently while also listening in with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is so creepy. That is creepy. It's such good fodder, you know? Yeah. It's I, a good I, – I, some of my best stories have come from – listening oh, in on other conversations. Maddie gets it. I get it, 100%. That is I got you, Meg. Okay. All right. Okay. I often finish other people's sentences for them or complete Every day, I do that all the time. <laughs> I can't even let her finish that. I do that. I finish sentences for people. Yeah, I, I do that to people that I know really well. Yeah. And it, it drives them crazy. Yeah, you drive me crazy. Um, I'm sorry, Matt. But I do it because... I think I process really fast. <laughs> and if you're going too slow, then I'm just going to speak yeah. to him. Yeah, me too, Matt. See? I think we're twins. Yeah. I think, oh, that. Because I think if you could see me at 10 on the Mississippi River, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be amazed at how much you and I look alike. <laughs> Listen, I really hadn't blossomed, blossomed either. Then, okay? <laughs> That's pretty classic. 
Are you ready for the next oh, one? Oh, yeah. Are you still doing are you, this? Are you listening to me? Okay, yeah. Keep going. This is great. Goodness. I feel so unimportant. It's not important that I look at who is talking to me. I can multitask and still listen. You are guilty of this, man. But I am too, so it's okay. I look at people when they talk to me because I hate when people aren't looking at me. Oh, you're so good. Well, I here's a dilemma. I'm talking to you right now and I can't see you. <laughs> she's staring at the phone. You know with, she with is. My, with my third eye, I, I can envision. I bet she pulled up a there. picture. Do you have a picture of Matt pulled up like you're looking at him and talking to him? Yeah, I actually just have a sign, like an autographed headshot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I just have that in front of me. Do you need another one? Because are you getting it dirty with your dirty hands? Uh, it's framed behind glass. Okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay, because I'll get you more. I got like <laughs> thousands of them. Nobody seems to want any. <laughs> You're like, I just picked up 10000 one day, yeah. and I don't know. I've still yeah. got 9998 yeah. It was the left. worst $10,000 of my life. <laughs> 10,000 headshots. You thought, you'd think they'd just be flying off the shelf. Oh, but they're not. Okay, so no, I, by the way, the question there, just so you know, if you remember, it says, do I feel like I should? What was the question? What? What are you read talking the, Read about? the last one. I can carry on a conversation. Oh, what one did I just read to you, Matt? Do you remember? It was about looking away. Do I look at people when I talk to them? I do look at people when I talk to them usually. Good. Oh, Uh -oh, now I'm looking at you. (laughs) Now he found me. Don't worry. All right. I have one more for you that I think is is important for you, Matt. For me? Yeah. Hmm. I actually, I can do a few more, yeah. Keep going. We got nothing. All right. People seldom seek me out when they need a sounding board or want to talk about a problem. (laughs) This puzzles me. (laughs) That is so. Oh, no. I am, I'm that girl. Me too. People call me. People call me all the time. People call me and pay me. Well, Matt. Boom, boom. No, but you call me, Matt. You call me to ask about your problems. And you're like, are you at the radio station? I need help. (laughs) Oh, my heavens. (laughs) Does he talk in that voice when he calls you? Yeah. Yeah. That's my fallback. That's my default voice when I'm lost and afraid. And I just stuck a needle in my foot. I didn't call you. I texted you. Oh, no, I did call. Or did I call you? Well, we did talk on the phone. Well, but um, somebody called someone. Yeah, but they do people call you, Meg? Yeah. Like, and they're like, I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to you. Yeah, and that's like that's a that's a blessing, right? That's a total blessing. (laughs) Yeah, but it's that that's a sign that you now get to go be creative and use your divine intelligence to serve another. Right, right, and and usually they don't need. I mean. I think that people are looking for advice, but I think for the most part, they're looking just to be heard. That's right. So that's, that's always a lovely thing to do for someone else. Have you ever and just... hopefully there are people that do that for you. Mm-hmm. I listen to you all the time. Sure. No, they do. Um, have you ever just wanted to yell at somebody, hey, I'm not a big fat ear. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, not those exact words, but yeah. basically. That's pretty good. Um, you got one more for us, Maddie Richards? I do. Um, usually in a conversation, I'm the one who talks the most. Totally. That is that's totally very me. true. I think guilty. I'm of, guilty, I'm guilty of, that. of that. But by the way, I have a radio show. <laughs> oh, you do? So I'm just talking. You have that. to talk a lot to have a radio show. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, the, you get the, all your talking out like at the show, though, Matt. Yes. You get home and people mm-hmm. are like. Why aren't you, like, you say three words? Are yeah, you, so, oh, yeah you could stick me with a fork and I wouldn't move. What, with, what about with a needle? <laughs> they did stick me with a needle. And, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, was that too soon? Well, yeah, I don't need that brought up every five minutes. Because <laughs> every time you bring it up, I have to process it again. I'm sorry. Meg, can we talk about that? She just hurts my feelings. No. Oh, I do good things Matt. for you. The moral of the story that we were trying to get at in this block is yeah. that if you listen to others... It's going to help you 
be your best self, live your best life because you're going to not be so focused on yourself. I love and that. And that makes you be happier in the long run. I, I love it. Well done. Thank you. You're amazing. Again, I know. Thank you're you. back in my good favor. Oh, good. I'm Meg, Meg, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. No, I'm going to give you 15 seconds. What's, what's the moral of your story? What's the key today? What's the one thing? The key is to find out what creative outlet calms you, soothes you, uplifts you the most, and then to go about incorporating that, incorporating that into your daily life with deliberateness and intention. And to do so without pressure. Do it because it's joyful. And do it because you can. Beautiful. Man. Nutshell. Right there. You nailed it. Meg, right thanks there. for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Go check out her website, Meg in Progress. Maddie, thanks for being here. Here's the final quote. James Allen, a man sooner or later discovers that he is the master gardener of his soul, the director of his life. One way or another, you got to discover that. Go make your life. Yeah, Maddie? That was beautiful. I loved it. Thank you. That's James Allen. Hey, tomorrow, folks, we're talking about teens and uh, looking to help teenagers overcome their insecurities, maybe even overcoming themselves. Thanks for joining us. Remember, the goal of the show is to give you a leg up on this crazy thing we call life. We want to help you find a good life. Join us again tomorrow. More tools, more ideas right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.